0: Hello, everybody welcome back to franchise tag eric chris back with another episode we have a lot of explaining to do but i don't feel like doing it um chris is a grown man i'm a grown man uh we do what we got to do behind the scenes um you know we work we get after it we got to make this paper um and sometimes podcasts don't give you that paper so you got to keep focused on the stuff that does give you that paper and put food on the table which i get chris um you you already know this, like you know. I'm proud of you, bro. You get this full time job. You're constantly on the boss. You're on the phone with with bosses, the suits. You're just you're just <laughs> just out here getting after it. And you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes
1: we got to do what we got to do, like you said. But uh, you know, luckily it's been uh, I would say it's been a pretty hectic offseason, but nothing uh, not as crazy as the past. So I feel like you know picking back up here is is a good good place to start again.
0: So we'll address the elephant in the room. We haven't posted since February 4th, and that was the Super Bowl preview. And I ended that episode, and I remember it because (laughs) I remember after after time passed by, I'm like, I literally said at the end of this that um, we'll be back with our Super Bowl recap. Um, Not much to recap. I was pretty much pissed after that because I predicted another wrong Super Bowl. Make that, what, seven years in a row?
1: Yeah, something like that, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) uh, Come on, the Chiefs are just too good. It's Patrick Mahomes.
1: You know what? Yeah, that didn't didn't matter. Did not matter, man.
0: Chris, we got to come up with some sort of bet uh, by the time the next Super Bowl comes because clearly clearly the idea I have in my head of who's going to make it, isn't going to make it, never really happens. It's once in a blue moon type thing. And whoever does make it um, and I pick a winner, we have to come up with some sort of punishment for picking another wrong winner because at some point i got to start picking the right team to win. You lost someone yeah, on the stream yeah. and they pick the winner easily. Yeah, we sit here with analysis. We got we got notes. Some weeks, it's just it. It just doesn't make much sense. It's something's got to be that's, simpler. We just got to flip a coin yeah. or something. But oh, a puni- I punishment. Problem, I deserve man. to be punished in some way. And uh, <laughs> so I think forcing my forcing me to ha- to to be punished in some way, shape, or form will maybe f- turn the tides a little bit, so I could pick some pick the right winner. You know, what i mean? You know what I mean? So. Let's take, yeah, let's i mean that's, that's the
1: problem though we're we're putting too much analysis into it we're sitting here and you know based on all the numbers based on all the uh different outcomes we're sitting here trying to figure it out it's like when you hear all the time when it's like uh, you'll see all those you know posts on uh you know twitter or social media whatever it might be and they're like oh you know analysts sitting here with all these mock drafts and all these this and that and all these different scenarios it's like last place and then it's like oh person that uh you know, it doesn't really watch basketball and it's like second. And then it's like girl that just picked off a of mascots won it all. So
0: yeah, right. thinking
1: too hard. It's like <laughs> like back in the day
0: when like dads would to give their kid like a, like a betting card and they just pick like three teams and yeah. then and they somehow like get like two out of three or something like that. It's also like fantasy analysts where right. they'll tell you who to start, who to sit, and then whoever they sat got 43 points. Whoever they started got two and a half. <laughs> it, yeah. This is all yeah, just a joke. Happen. You guys listening? You guys, It's jokes on you. You know what? Because whatever you're watching, listening to, they know just as much as probably a toddler does. Um, But you know what? That's that's the entertainment we come for, and this is what we bring to the table. Um, But yeah, you know, we're back. I don't know how how back we are, but we're we're here. We're ready to get after it. And that being said, um, you know, I I I think it's for those of you that don't remember, I'll refresh your memory. Chris is a Falcons fan. And I'd be remiss if we didn't, if I did not drag him and sat him down on a chair for two minutes to at least talk about what's going on right now. And I think this is one of the most interesting trade situations we've had in a while. And just to kind of, oh, yeah. and just to kind of preface this, this is about Julio Jones. For those of you ever living under a rock, but I want to start from this side over here, and that being with DeAndre Hopkins. He goes for what a second rounder, I believe, to mm-hmm. go, to go to the Cardinals. And I think the Texans are just an inept organization and that's kind of how that came about. And you know that he was pissed about it. He had a phenomenal year this past year. And to this day, he still doesn't know why he was traded for a second. Like he believes he probably should have been traded for more, probably felt like he shouldn't have been traded at all. And he just, he just felt like he was, he was a generational talent that was going to play for one team the rest of his career. And again, that doesn't come about that often. We talk about it all the time. And then you, one of the last people standing over at least the last close to a decade of wide receivers that have come into this league, as far as I can remember, um, that have made names for themselves. One of them being Julio Jones. And if I were to put other people in that category, um, Odell Beckham Jr., Antonio Brown, Des Bryant. Um, who am I missing here, Chris?
1: I mean, outside of uh, Hopkins. Um, I mean, yeah, like DeAndre Hopkins. Prone- Injury prone, but AJ Green, when
0: healthy, was AJ Green. Big. Right, okay. you know, you almost—he's on the Cardinals now too, so they're teammates now. Um, yeah, all on different teams. Um, generational talents. Who you think that? How could teams ever get rid of players like this? They are the elite of the elite. And lo and behold, either they fizzle out, or they're still great. And inept organizations or organizations that just can't find a way to please that said athlete who's probably gotten paid up to this point in their career. Um, if mm-hmm. they can and if they can't satisfy them, then. The thing that they do is trade them. And now let's fast right. forward here to Julio Jones here in 2021. Who knows who's going to be next after this? We've got a lot of rookie wide receivers in the league now who are probably going to end up being in that top tier category again. It's just hitting the reset button almost. Um, and you see, how, we'll see how their career pans out. But as for Julio Jones, you think in your head that um, there's a possibility if – he is not satisfied with the organization, at least over the past couple of years, which you don't really feel because he's not an outspoken type of guy, not much of a social, right. social media guy. And I remember Chris sending you a picture of my Sports Center screen or whatever. I think I like rolled out of bed and I'm just like, "What is this?" And it was about like Matt Ryan or Julio Jones thinking about being tr- like getting like the possibility of them being traded. I don't know if it was a concept or if it was something that was brewing. And clearly something was, right. was brewing. I knew it wasn't Matt Ryan. We didn't know if they were going to pick a quarterback in the this uh, in the draft this past um, year. How long, how long ago was the draft? Back in April? So a couple months ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, about a month, a uh, month and a half ago. A month about. and a
0: half ago. It feels like much longer than that. Um, and, you know, they don't take a quarterback run with Matt Ryan. It's like well, – and Julio Jones signs a contract, a pretty decent contract if you were to ask me. And I'm just like – you just think – as soon as you start thinking that a wide receiver – can stick with one team for the remainder of his career, you thought wrong. And Julio Jones was the last of them. And just so I can wrap this up so I could have your thoughts on it because it's probably been accumulating for a while and now you get to jump on a podcast and talk about it. I'm sure you got some stuff on your mind. Um, And and just walk me through this real quick. Did you watch – because I I watched a little bit – I watched a clip. I don't know how this came about, but him going on Undisputed was, yep. was it just an impromptu thing by Shannon Sharp to have him on the show and just call him and be like, oh, I have Julio Jones on my phone. That's how I took it.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, media's is media. You you can't really know what exactly to trust. Um, my first initial reaction, I mean, from that point on, I pretty much knew like, all right, that this is it. But I mean, taking the way it all came about, like you had said, he is not a big presence in terms of social media, in terms of you know, going out there and kind of making his voice known. So my initial thought was he definitely did not know that he was on TV or he didn't realize, you know, what was going on. Or the last thing I was thinking of, maybe this was just taking it out of context that those that's kind of where my mindset was because he's not that kind of guy, He you know, going through 10 or so years in Atlanta. And if he was never like that, you know, you don't just change after one off season. So I, I was, you know, a little confused there, kind of figuring out there are a lot of talks coming out that he didn't know that he was on the show. Um, he figured, you know, hey, he, he had just gotten a call out of the blue, whether it's, you know, in between commercial breaks or maybe, you know, he figured, hey, he wasn't shooting at the moment. Um, but but that's kind of what the, 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 I guess, general consensus is that he had no idea he was on the show. Um, and, and again, I, I, I kind of feel that way just because he's, he's not that kind of person, I feel like, to, to go out and make a big deal and make all this buzz out on social media or over, you know, with the media.
0: So just to set the stage a little more for people who, you know, again, this has been a while since this, I mean, it hasn't been that long since this this has happened, but a lot has happened since then. Um, Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones while he was on air on undisputed his show with him and um, Skip Bayless, um, their sports talk show. And um, he comes on the air and he's like, are you coming back to Atlanta? Right. Was that the question he asked him? Like, are you, are you staying yeah, it was in Atlanta? Some, yeah,
1: it, it was something along the lines of that. Yeah, and then he said, nah, I'm out of there.
0: He's like, nah, I'm out of there. That's the one thing he said, and I guess he hung up after that? I wish I might even go and look back on it. Like, no, after, after he this had,
1: over, but... uh, yeah, he said, nah, I'm out of there. And then, um, you know, they, they then he kind of, you know, he, he asked him a little bit more about it and uh, was just kind of like, yeah, you know, what do you mean and, and whatnot? And he was just like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty much I'm, I'm not coming back. He pretty much was along the lines of that. They didn't hang up. They had a little bit of conversation after that. But, you know, pretty much what he was looking for came out almost right off the bat. So. I
0: don't think he knew he was on her either. I just wish that there was a follow-up between um, shit with, like, with Shannon Sharp saying, like, if this became an issue with Julio. Because we've seen a lot lately in sports media that a lot of people that, you know, there will be, you know, uh, people in the media and just personalities that go on air, tell a story, or say something that maybe an athlete said that was at some sort of social event that people right. are happy about. This just so happened to be on television, and Pulio probably picked up the phone that's like and thought it was going to be just like a casual conversation, and he ended right. up being on air. But um, yeah, that was that, and that kind of accelerated to him being traded to the Tennessee Titans. And. Um, did you did you think because right off the bat that was a potential just destination for everyone right which I found kind of weird because there's plenty of teams that need wide receivers mm-hmm. and for some reason Tennessee was just the first choice and it was mainly because you know AJ Brown reminds people of Julio Jones. but why are people mm-hmm. so gravitated towards having two Julio Jones? type athletes one of them actually being Julio Jones the other one being a type like Julio Jones on the same team when there's other teams that probably could use the depth could probably use this caliber of an athlete especially a weapon on the offensive side of the ball for maybe a younger quarterback or a more experienced quarterback that can probably help them make a playoff push or have a decent season and he does end up going to Tennessee with the recruitment of AJ Brown I just didn't think that you know I'm sure there was other teams out there that were willing to give up more and have called and called them immediately. Cause I think there was reports that after that happened on undisputed, that they were making that there were calls being made to the Falcons mm-hmm. with probably potential offers. And I don't, I find it hard to believe every team called them and was like, we'll give you a sixth and a seventh or like a fifth three years from now. And and gave worse offers than the, the Titans because here I'll break down the actual um, offer that the actual trade details that uh, went down. So the Falcons traded all pro wide receiver Julio Jones and a 2023 sixth round pick to the Titans in exchange for a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. You mean to tell me those teams that ended up calling the Falcons didn't have anything better than that. I find that very hard to believe. I find this whole thing fishy to be quite honest and right before I hopped on this mic, I actually thought about a little bit of a conspiracy that hap- that that I'm, I've been thinking about, and uh, and it's that I think it may have been used as a way, an undisputed maybe, to accelerate accelerate trade talks because I highly doubt, and I mean, well, here's the actual conspiracy. I don't think I don't think Shannon Sharp made. Up, like was pl- was planting Julio in that specific spot to say that on air, I find that hard to believe. I think uh-huh. that, you know, I-, I think that Julio probably would have stayed in Atlanta if it wasn't for that, is what I'm getting at. So I prefaced it wrong, but it's pretty much that if that call never took place on Undisputed, I think he would still be in Atlanta right now, which is really sad to think about, but I think that is that could be very much true because if it doesn't go down, I don't think Julio's going to the office, you know, of the GM's office, and they have a whole brand new GM and a brand new head coach, and saying I want to be traded. Right. He probably was going to skip OTAs, was going to skip mini camps, and just show up on game day. And the fact that now everything is you know public, and obviously it was on national television. It wasn't a social media diss or anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That. They looked at that and was like, oh, now we know how he really feels. We kind of thought he was already upset, but now we know how he genuinely really feels. It was his words that we saw on air. It wasn't rumors. It wasn't rumors about something he said in the past or recently and was passed on to a media person and was taken out of context. He said that on the air. So why don't we trade this guy now? I firmly believe, Chris, and I feel bad for you because you would have had Julio Jones going into this year with Arthur Smith as your head coach, who I think is going to be a great head coach, now loses a very big offensive threat that he could have used coming to a brand new team that he was hired to come to in a very tough division. Um, I, I, that's just my theory. I don't know what you, you think of that. I don't know if that's out there for everyone, anyone else that thought of the same thing. But I generally think if that never took place that day, if we went back in time and he never went on undisputed. Shannon Sharp never made that call. He's still in Atlanta right now.
1: Yeah, I mean to be honest, once I heard that, um, you know, I really wasn't happy uh, at that point, and, and it sounds crazy to think about it. At that point, I was kind of like, honestly, I don't want him. I kind of was like, just get rid of him at this point. Like, there's been rumors. It, it was, it, you know, they were kind of toying with it all off season, even before the draft. Oh, you know, are they going to trade him? Are they going to keep him? Then, you know, even right after the draft, you know, you have pitch, you get your one day of glory. And then right after and now back to Julio, what's going to happen? What's going to happen about Ryan? So once I had heard that, I was kind of like, all right, look, if, if he really is, you know, out, he wants out, like he says, you know, there's really no point in bringing him back. I kind of don't want to deal with it. You know, I was reading stuff with fans on social media where they weren't happy. They were kind of saying, you know, as much as it hurts to say. We don't want players here that don't want to play for us. So, you know, we might as well get the assets we can get out of it and, and make him happy and we can be happy at the same time. Um, you know, with, with regards to the you know, overall picture with all the different trade talks and, and all these different teams, um, you know, better offers on the table, uh, really what I had read is before the draft, the Falcons were not settling for anything other than a first round pick. Um, and, and, clearly, you know, they, they didn't get that or they didn't see the offer that they were looking for, um, before the draft. So, you know, that's why he wasn't traded before the draft, but then you're going to see, um, you know, after the draft, what ended up happening, what went down, um, a big reason there were a couple different teams that I think they narrowed it down to like three or four different teams that were actually serious in regards to, you know, putting together a trade for Julio. It wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, just smoke to where, Oh, you know, because realistically, you see a guy like that in in, in the free agent talks or trade talks, you'd be, you know, every team is going to call. They might not, you know, seriously talk about it, but they're going to call and hear really what they're looking for. Um, so there were three or four serious teams at the end. What really, you know, kind of came to, to move towards the Titans, I feel like, is that they were looking to actually, you know, give him, pay off his salary. And that was the biggest part for the Falcons. They they weren't going to be able to pay his salary. They weren't going to be able to pay his salary over the next three years and, you know, go ahead and and sign their draft picks. So at the end of the day, the the picks, yeah, it was, you know, not exactly what we were looking for. But if we can go ahead and now sign, you know, four, five, six different people um, because we have the cap space and, and the contract, you know, the dead money post, uh, you know, or after June 1st, now it's, you know, we have the money to go ahead and do that. In my eyes, you know, I figured out of Julio Jones, we were gonna get another two to three, you know, probably years out of him. Same thing with Matt Ryan. So if, you know, we can kind of move ahead and and now, you know, plan for the future with the the new regime. I uh, you know, I'm kinda I kinda understand and, and I'm not too thrilled about it, but you know, what else can we do? We we have a lot of young talent that that I am looking forward to, you know, kind of seeing with the new the new systems, the new new players and so on and so forth.
0: But Chris, I really want to get into your head of what happened on the day he was traded. Because knowing you, I've known you for a very long time. If something's just happens, like if it's a trade or just a stupid signing or something crazy happens in in sports, which happens all the time, especially in football, being probably right. the most shock value ones because of trades like this, because these guys are getting traded for very undervalued big prices, you know? So right, um, take me to the day that it happened. Are you like tossing your phone? Are you like just going nuts because now you've had enough time to sit on it right now to probably make something like make a positive out of this which you, which is what you just did but for me I'm I'm mad right now just sitting here because you walk away with nothing you walk away with a a, a second round pick and a future 4th it just it doesn't that doesn't sit well with me and the fact that Calvin yeah. Calvin Ridley's yeah. hurt already when he's known to be like to have gotten hurt for the most part so far rookie year like a lot mm-hmm. less Second year? Well, this is just the second year, right? He has it was it hasn't been three years yet.
1: This yeah, a, it has it, been.
0: It has been three years. He's,
1: he's he's played three years. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. So this this past year, he had a pretty good year, especially in the red zone. But considering his health, like at least you had like a Julio Jones to lean on because the dude's questionable every week, but he plays. And it's great to have right. someone like that because he may sit out a player too, but he's going to help you out in the long run. He's not going to be out. He's questionable every single time he set, he sets foot on that field. And he's like, you know, we're going to find out during pregame if he's a right or not. And the dude's tough. And he manages to play like 16 games a year for the most part of his career. Right. And I, I, I thought about this just a couple days ago, back to Calvin Ridley. Um, I told you going into this year, bro, it's gonna be Calvin Ridley. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be Kyle Pitts, but it can't just be Kyle Pitts going into this year. And I'm very happy for you guys, the Fal- you as a fan, and just the Falcons in general, to get a player like that because that's gonna be a generational talent. There's not many great, wide, great tight ends like in general in the history of tight ends. It's very difficult because you could either go one of two ways. You could, um just be like a blocking tight end or like have like a red zone catch every now and then. But some are great and some are just run of the mill tight ends. You've had Tony Gonzalez. He was a beast back in the day. And, um, and the similar success happened with Hooper, but for a very short amount of time. I was looking a while ago, because we were going to do an episode a while ago, which ended up falling out. I was looking at Falcons tight ends, and it literally goes Tony Gonzalez to Austin Hooper. And Austin Hooper, that whole phase, that era for him, right. was, wasn't that long ago. And he just got a big paycheck no. payche- with the Browns. So you haven't had many successful tight ends. So that's what makes me excited for him, for Kyle Pitts to come in. And he's probably going to break every single record that they have at, at for for tight ends in that or right. for that organization, so that's cool and all. But to have Calvin really hurt already, he's most likely going to get some get banged up in the middle of the season. You have like wide receiver threes for the most part. I don't know where your depth chart lies as of right now. What I'm thinking about, I um, but I know it's Calvin Ridley. Then there's. Russell Gage, and there's who, who else? Right. Who else is on this? On uh, this?
1: They have another guy with uh, Olamide Zucayas. He's more of like a – He's a deep he's more of a guy. vertical right. threat. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's him. Um, I, I mean, they signed Cordero Patterson, depending on if they use him as a receiver, a returner, a running back. He can kind of you do different things there. Uh, they drafted Frank Darby. He's actually out of Jersey City, which I'm excited to see. So, uh, he's, he's from around here, but, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there's really not much. They also after, uh, you know, I think it was right after the, the Julio trade they had gotten, you know, for more depth, like you said, Tajay Sharp, you know, really not much behind Ridley at all.
0: Tajay Sharp to me in my head is still on the, on, on the, Titans, <laughs> yeah. but he, he's yeah, been on now. like what,
1: two or three teams since then? Like, yeah, he has been, I think he was on the Vikings <sighs> for a little bit and somewhere else. How
0: bad do you miss most in the, at this very moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I wasn't really even when he got traded. I wasn't really happy about that. I I liked him. He was a he was more of like a sure-handed kind of guy. Where it's like, you know, if Julio's getting the attention and you need that guy to make that big, you know, third-down catch, he was the guy you go to. So you gave him it, it up for nothing too. So yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, when we when the deal went down, really, it's a pretty decent you know, pick up for hat for, for the talent that you had on that roster still to give up most of new and to get the value right. out of him. I think, I believe that was also a second round pick. Am I wrong? Or? Yeah,
1: but we ended up getting rid of it anyway, because uh, we ended up, I think uh, trading, we ended up trading up. I think it was at the, uh, the next draft. That's when we went double offensive lineman in the first round. And right. uh, that was one of the picks we gave up. So, and your line it was, just went was, to was a still, trade. was
0: still banged up regardless of doubling up on, uh, on linemen. Do you feel good about yeah. your Do you feel good about the Falcons line, line line this year? I mean,
1: it's a work in progress. I mean, when they, you know, if you asked me this 2 years ago, I'd say they were horrendous. If you asked me last year, I'd say they were, you know, still not great, but they look a little bit better. Um, going into it this year, I think, you know, I I don't have high hopes. I'm not saying hey, you know they're going to be, you know, the 20th or 23rd ranked offensive line whatever they might have been last year and saying, Hey, they're going to be top 10, you know, definitely not, but I think there is going to be improvement. I think, um, you know, Hayden Hurst is, is kind of a bigger guy. He's not known to be a blocker, but I think you could throw him in there and be a blocker. Um, you know, kind of touching on what we were speaking about a little bit earlier. Um, you know, I'm going to say this and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more why after I say it, Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to use pits also, you know, in the receiver set. Why I think that is really two reasons. One There were talks that, you know, Julio had made it known. He didn't really, you know, he wasn't happy. He kind of wanted out before the draft. And that's why they were possibly looking to shop him beforehand. And, you know, if you know that going into the draft, uh, you know, and obviously they didn't go quarterback. It's kind of like, you know, you go after kind of like what the Giants did a couple of years back where it's like they could have gone quarterback, but they decided to get the best player available in Saquon. You know, Falcons pretty much did the same thing. They went after the best possible player in the draft. Uh, you know, in terms of, of not a quarterback, which would have been Pitts. Um, but, you know, the reason he's such a, such a big threat is he's just so athletic. He's not only, you know, a tight end where he's, he's got the big builds, but he's also, you know, he's got the hands, he's got the speed. He, he has the route running where even in college they lined him up out wide in the slot, you know, at tight end, they kind of lined him up all over. So I think, you know, when you look at the, the way he's built and the kind of athletic ability they have there, where it's more of like a, uh, you know, kind of like an alien, a freak of nature there. I wouldn't be surprised if their thought was, hey, let's bring this guy in and kind of morph him into, uh, you know, another type of receiver as well. You know, use Hayden Hurst as a traditional tight end, line up uh, Pitts in a slot, line him up at tight end as well, line him up on the outside, kind of wherever they need to fill the void with Julio out and, uh, you know, kind of use it from there.
0: Uh, Chris, I, I don't want to skip over... You know, I, I may prolong my question. So you had to answer like half the rest of my questions within my question. So sorry for doing that. But seriously, like, what was going on in your brain the day of? Like, were you just like, nobody talked to me? Like, what was, what was going, you know, what was going through the course of your veins that day?
1: Honestly, I was sitting in, in, I was sitting outside and I got a notification. It's pretty funny. You know, it's one of those moments that you remember vividly. I was sitting in the back, drinking coffee, eating a bagel. I saw the notification. I opened it. And I was like, wow, wow. Like It it happened because the first notification, if you remember, it didn't show the whole details. It said Julio Jones traded to the Texans for at least a second round pick. That's where it started. So in my head, I was like, all right. Hopefully we can get more. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it ended, I was like, really? Like, come on. Like, I wasn't really happy, like you said, with the package. Didn't think it was great. When I looked at it in terms of, you know, hey, they paid his whole salary, which, you know, really was the biggest Factor going into this, they wanted to find a team that would cover his, his salary because he had you know one year left, and then another on the current sal- current deal, and he had gotten an extension for another two years on top of that. um So you know they needed the front. I think it was almost a right around sixty million dollars over the next three years, and uh, you know the Falcons were not going to be able to pull that and sign draft picks and really you know plan for the future. um You know I wasn't happy, obviously, like you said, was not thrilled. But the one thing other than the positives that I've mentioned there, the one thing that I do like, and, you know, it it could, it has its flaws, obviously. But I think that this shows a lot about the new management between the GM and the head coach that you haven't even stepped foot on the field yet. You know, you haven't gone out and had a preseason. You haven't proved to the fans anything that, you know, this is going to be different. And they went ahead. And, you know, did probably one of the toughest things that they could have done, which was trade their future Hall of Fame receiver and, you know, move on with it. In my eyes, if they can make those decisions, that's honestly what our what our organization has been lacking over the last five to 10 years is they wouldn't have those guys that would go out and take those risks, take those gambles. And, you know, obviously, sometimes it it doesn't pay off. You see it all the time where there will be GMs and coaches that take gambles and it blows up in their face. But, you know, playing it safe is what we've been doing the last couple of years. And it hasn't gotten us over the hump. You know, we've gotten to the Super Bowl. But since then, you know, going out and really being aggressive, we haven't done it. We haven't gone out and really made the hard decisions. We've just kind of, you know, tried to stick with our ways, right? You know, you looked at the Dan Quinn era and, you know, he's a great guy, great coach, just not a great head coach. So, you know, they tried to stick with him. They didn't want to fire him. They made the move last year midway through the season, uh, which was the tough decision. But that was, you know, probably a year, a year and a half too late. You know, if with, they could have easily done this uh, a year and a year and a half ago and kind of moved on. And I'm not saying, hey, we make it to the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl, but maybe don't waste the last two years of Julio's career where we're going, you know, seven and nine or whatever it might have been. And, you know, looking like complete crap. We we see, you know, the Buccaneers were a seven and nine team with us a year, two years ago. They go out and make the, the changes as needed. They take those big gambles. And guess what? They win a Super Bowl out of it. You know, that's where I'm looking at it. We needed to take those risks and we were too complacent. So, you know, seeing the the GM and the the head coach go out and do that, you know, I'm, I'm obviously not happy with exactly what they did. But I like the the mindset that they had that they're not afraid to go out there and take those risks if they think it's needed.
0: Right. It's more like we have this on our plate right now. We have a lot more more fish to fry, even though this is probably your biggest fish you need to fry. I think they're like we have. The, this is going to be a team for the long haul. It's not going to be... like a team in terms of the GM and the coach and the president, right? And the owner as a group. This is going to be this is going to be us for the long haul. So this is not obviously they're not rushing this whole thing, which makes you a little less optimistic right. about the season. Because Chris, I will ended off on this because I do want to talk about the Titans side before we move over to um, something else we had in mind to talk about, and it's that if sure. Sam, if Sam Darnold has a decent to good year. We're looking at the Falcons possibly being last place in this division. Do you think you at least have third place locked and loaded? Or are you thinking kind of like me where if Sam Donald has new scenery, warmer weather, um, has a lot more talent, probably a a pretty good coach now. He had a a pretty bad one prior to this. Can't get any worse than that. Um, And he shows off that he's the guy that was picked third overall and does mm-hmm. it in in carolina what are the chances that you are the fourth team and that the falcons end up being the fourth team in that division coming out of that division and the carolina panthers having third or do you just think going into the season that your team is already better you're talented enough we have a good head coach who did well for the team that I can- which i cannot believe he went to the team that your head coach just came from but um yeah but yeah. What is your What is your mindset about this division? Just like you know, to to conclude on what the team is like as a whole now without Julio Jones.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it, obviously, it's going to hurt in terms of the uh, you know the passing game. Like we said, we just kind of went through the depth behind it. Um, you know, not spectacular, not terrible, but not spectacular. Uh, my mindset going into this is there's just so many different moving parts in this division. Uh, Really, the only consistency is the Bucs right now. You know, nothing really had changed from when they won the Super Bowl and and in this offseason to to where we are now. Um, That's the main, you know, probably the the only thing that stayed consistent in this division. You look at the Saints with Drew Brees now, you know, on his way out. Uh, So what's going on with quarterback? We still don't have an answer of really what's going to happen with quarterback. You know, is it going to be Jameis? Is it going to be Taysom? Is it going to be a mix? Um, So, you know, that experiment, I guess you'll call it. We don't really know what's going to happen there. So there's a lot of things up in the air on the Saints end uh, with their offense. And even with the Panthers, like you said, you, know, you have you bring in a whole new quarterback. You're, you're hoping that he can go into the system and really, you know, be that third or whatever overall pick that he was drafted in. But again, there's there's a lot of flaws that, you know, Jets fans will say, you know, yeah, he had some some good moments, but he didn't necessarily always play like that top drafted pick. So there's a lot of different moving parts. And like we said, the Falcons with their, their overall, their whole new system, you know, with the GMs and the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, they pretty much, you know, now know Julio. I feel like there's just way too many differences from last year to this year, other than the Bucks. that I feel like, you know, first place is probably a lock with the Bucs, but I think everything else is kind of up in the air and, and, you know, every team I think has a, it's not exactly an even shot, but I think it's, it's a lot closer to uh, you know two through four. It might not be as uh, as far off as everybody thinks.
0: Yeah, and you know I have to take taking a step back for a second because you re reminded me that you know that I didn't forget about Drew Brees leaving. I just I feel like in my brain I automatically count the Saints being a first or second place team in this division at like all times. So you're right there. It is kind of wide open in that sense. And if this uh, if you guys get moving, like I think what's really telling is first four games of the season. I'm not going to say five. I think four right. is really telling. Like if a team comes out like 2 and 2, 3 and 1, 1, right. and, th- one and 3, you're not feeling as great. So I think first that. four games is a really good indicator of where this team can head to for any of those teams actually. And Right. But you know with Tom Brady, he could he could start bad and then somehow makes up for it later in the season. Like that's the only yeah. that's the only exception. But right. I think there is a, an actual chance there, but um Again, like I mentioned before, like in terms of like the talent and the way that defense performed this past year and again you've had injuries in the past and you know, are you confident in, th- in this defense? I literally know nothing about the about this defense now. For some reason, I think of teams and I'm like, "Oh, that's a bad defense," and for some reason the Falcons come to mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly with their defense again, it's kind of hard. We have a whole new system now, defensively a new defensive coordinator. Um, you know, didn't really keep anybody from the old staff, not much at least. In terms of their defense, you know, if we were to start with the defense, I think they have Dean Pease who has, you know, a really good track record there with defenses. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm more excited, I guess you would say, now going in. I'm actually excited to go into the season. I know it sounds weird now watching Julio kind of go. It's like, oh, you think there's not much hope? I'm excited because I think the defense is going to look different because, you know, they have that change that they needed. All the changes in-house that they, they made. So the defensive coordinator, we're not running the same system we've been running the past couple of years where, you know, we can't hold the leads or, you know, they're just, these players just can't play that system. Um, you know, we also have on the flip side with the offense, we now have, uh, you know, a, an offensive coordinator that we just said came from Tennessee and look at what that offense has done over the last two years. And, and before that, they were still okay, but they just weren't anything special. And I think you know if you you go back to about two years ago when you look at the Tennessee offense and you take a look at the Atlanta offense, I think basing you know comparing those two, I think Atlanta's offense is is has way more weapons and is better equipped than where that Tennessee offense was two years ago. And then look at they made the playoffs the last two years. So, so I'm excited on the offense for you know the the flexibility. I think between Cordell Patterson. Um, I think when you have you know a, a Kyle Pitts. You have, um, you know, a couple different other guys on that offense where they can kind of, you know, move around to different roles, kind of play, whether it's, you know, do a wildcat, you do a different type of, you know, run offense, you run different packages with maybe two tight ends. There's a lot of creativity in this offense where you can line people up in different positions. And I'm excited to see that as well. I don't think it's going to be so clear uh, or clear cut, you know, plain vanilla, like we saw with Dirk Cutter the last two years.
0: You know what, Chris? You're gonna you're making me optimistic going into this year, and I know you're a fan, but I'm gonna go into this division with an open mind. Um, I feel like a lot of people automatically gonna write off write the Bucks off as the team that's gonna win this division, and honestly, to me, them bringing back like ninety percent, ninety five percent of that roster back mm-hmm. um, makes that more than likely to happen. Um, but right, but like as you said, everything everything else is there's question marks all around, except for them. So. Um, yeah, again, just 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 you know, just taking off the rust a little bit, Chris. You know, coming, <laughs> you know, because I was thinking about the Falcons' defense, and I'm like, wait, who is, who's there now? Like, I'm, do were they bad this past year? I don't know. So that's what I was thinking about. And that offense does concern me. That I won't forget. Um, you know, you lose like Todd Gurley. You obviously don't have Julio Jones anymore, who we're talking about right now. Calvin Ridley's hurt mm-hmm. right now. Who knows what that's going to happen going into the season? The rest of your wide receivers are more deep threats or like smaller guys. Um, but. Yeah, bro, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But last thing I'll add on right. all of this, um, and again, we'll talk more about Julio Jones in the future. This won't be just a one-and-done type thing um, because we have to talk about the Titans side too now that he has been acquired by them. But the Titans restructured uh, Ryan Tannehill's contract, creating over $15 million in cap room. This move was done to accommodate newly acquired wide receiver Julio Jones, $15.3 million of his salary for the 2021 season. So speaking of which... Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Um, Let's talk about him for a second. Again, that he's coming into uh, Julio Jones is coming into a really good offense with a really good, um, right? uh, Well, not offensive coordinator anymore. Hopefully, they could uh, build off of what they've built, and um, you know, if we see any any regression, we know why. but again, I think that their coach Mike Mike Rabel, will keep them uh, above water, regardless of who is at the helmet, offensive coordinator, and obviously just sheer talent is just going to take over at some point. But now you got a lot of mouths to feed. Um, you have Derrick Henry, right. you have Ryan Tannehill, who's going to have to distribute now to Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Um, and uh, and uh, oh, they forgot they lost uh, Johnu Smith. He went to the they lost uh, They lost, the yeah. lost Johnu. Yeah. So. Um, but again, you'll, you'll 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 be just fine with those three guys. You don't have to you know, they're very right. not tight end dependent, I would say, but they utilize their tight ends very well, I would say over the past yeah, couple years. From Delaney Walker all the way to John U. Smith. Um but now you got Julio Jones, you don't have to worry about that. Um But overall, Ryan Tannehill has to distribute to all three of these guys. And I know all he has to do is hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and Hill to get the job done. But you have to mm-hmm. play it in a way that I don't think he's going to get the ball 32 times a game like he did this past year. Um, because how are you going to acquire a guy like that? And it's great to have some, anyone. and Like, you know, it's great for... Even if you went to the Ravens, where you know that they're going to run 100% of the time. Um, it's good for right. them to have someone like Julio Jones on their roster too. No one's complaining to have Julio Jones on their roster. But you're this no. is a very run-heavy team. Loves to use Derrick Henry. And when they scheme up passing... It goes really, really well for the wide receivers. Obviously, Corey Davis just got paid by the Jets after him leaving. AJ Brown right. has really come along very well. Um, he's a great asset for them as well. So how do you think Ryan Tannehill and that offense is going to operate now? Because we've seen yeah, we've I mean, seen newly acquired players go to new teams and probably don't get as much love as they did where they previously were at. And so not everything's gonna be the same just because you're in Tennessee.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I, I I mean, Tannehill over the last two years has been playing very well. He kind of rejuvenated his career. Um, but you know, the thing that does get me a little bit nervous about that is kind of what we touched on is the offensive coordinator is now gone and he's with Atlanta, but you know, how much of the credit we're going to find out this year, how much of that credit was to Tannehill, you know, was it just that he needed that change of scenery or was it, the the scheme that they were running just you know fit really well and now with a different system maybe it's not going to be you know as successful I'm not saying he won't do well just you know maybe not doing exactly what they were doing over the last two years to make the playoffs um, you know if you think about it though when when things got they do have a balanced offense which is nice in in, in the case of maybe Tannehill is you know not having a great game or maybe Julio or AJ Brown or you know, kind of one of them's hurt or one of them is just not having a great game. So the the passing game isn't going as great as they planned. You know, they can rely on the run or and vice versa. Uh, you know, that is nice. And it does take a lot of the pressure off of Tannehill where, um, you know, he doesn't have to win it by him just launching the ball. But it is interesting to see because I was thinking about it, you know, over the last 10 or so years that Julio's been over in Atlanta, they have been very pass heavy, very So it's been, you know, whether it's between him, Roddy White, and Tony Gonzalez or him and, you know, you have Hooper, you have Muhammad Sanu or Ridley or, you know, all these other different options that have been in there through the last last 10 years with Julio. Uh, The only main thing that's kind of stayed the same other than Julio would have been Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan is, you know, depending on who you talk to, some will say, hey, you know, he'll make it to the Hall of Fame, maybe not a first ballot, but he'll make it to the Hall of Fame. Some will say he's not great um and you know there's all the opinions all the way in the middle of that but when you look at his numbers all around you know his career averages if he's putting up you know on average about 4300 yards a season you know in the high 20s in terms of touchdowns uh you know in in the lower teens in terms of interceptions that by no means is you know those are not bad stats and when you have a quarterback that's very pass heavy and and, and you know they have a they're good in accuracy they're pretty much averaging those numbers across their career and now you go to a quarterback that has a little bit more volatility, and, in, and when you look back to his, his passing career and, and his overall numbers, you know, that's where it gets me a little bit nervous with this new offense. It's just the change in the offensive coordinator and you know, the, the, the history before that, it wasn't great for Tannehill.
0: Right, it's just this. This is it for him, man. Like, if you're not going to perform now, when are you going to? And he's performed, which is which has been great. Like, I'm I'm happy for his comeback story. I'm happy he's gotten paid, you know, well well deserved. He's he's fought all the way back from having an ACL injury, working with Adam Gase, and with a Dolphins team that was not ready to win and probably wasn't ready to win years after that. Comes to Tennessee as a backup. He may have even considered himself to be a backup for the remainder of his career due to the fact where where it was going he may have never gotten a shot so i'm happy for him in that regard but if you don't perform this year um there's nothing to be ex- excited about with this team but this I, I, i'm going right. to i'm going to be confident i'm going to be confident i think they have an agenda for that offense so i think they have they have planned, plans ready to go and julio doesn't show up mid-season he's showing up before the season starts you got plenty of time mm-hmm. to scheme with him. Plenty of time to scheme with AJ Brown. And listen, this is going to take some some of the pressure off um, Julio uh, because on the Falcons there was never that same like, type wide receiver on the other side of the ball. I mean, like there was Calvin Ridley, yes. Again, whether you, but for the most part, you're going after Julio Jones as a DB and as a as a defensive coordinator. You're scheming against Julio Jones. Um, for the most part oh, yeah. of your offense. Well, but well, A.J. Brown I mean, is just as thing. dangerous. So,
1: Yeah, but, but but the other thing that, like kind of what I just mentioned that Tennessee has that Atlanta really didn't have much of, and the only time that they really had this, they made it to the Super Bowl, was play action and a run game. They didn't really have that most of the time. A lot yeah, of times, right. you know, when, when you don't have a run game, you don't have that play action game going down, it, it You know, puts a lot more pressure on Julio to have to get open because no one's biting on those play actions anymore. They're just waiting there in their zone, or you know, waiting on him to run down the middle of the field, and they know exactly where the ball is going.
0: That's what I'm saying. There's a lot to work with here. So if you're gonna have a play action pass, don't miss the pass (laughs) because they're gonna bite on it. So that you bet you you know you better you just you better complete that pass. Don't overthrow Julio Jones. Don't overthrow AJ Brown. I'm saying it's it's a it's a big big year for Ryan Tannehill. I'm excited to see what happens.
1: It'll be uh, it'll be a telling year, like you said,
0: hundred um, percent. So we'll wrap it up there on the Julio Jones talk. We'll have to see what happens again. There's there's always question marks. When is there not? Always. in times like this, because we have to see um, how this offense performs under a new mind. Because if Arthur Smith was still in in, in Tennessee, we know what's going down. We know they're ready to go. Right, um, right. Just because he was he was the constant there, but he ended up getting the head coaching job yeah. with the Falcons. I'm sure you're excited about that. Um, Yes, sir. And yeah, we'll we'll just see how this whole whole entire thing plays out. I'm excited. i We'll keep a close right. eye on the Falcons. I'm. Sh- Chris doesn't miss a second. He doesn't miss a snap. Um. <laughs> so so he'll break it down for us what he sees out there. Uh. So Chris, to last thing we'll talk about, um, Aaron Rodgers, um, right. You know that this this whole thing has been going on for a while. That he feels as he's, that he's dis- he's been disrespected by the Green Bay Packers. Um, people are saying that he may not play at all this year, or mm-hmm. get traded to places like Denver, uh, the Raiders. Uh, who, who else is on that list?
1: Yeah, I know those two were the main ones. I'm not sure the the other. Names. Oh, the it's 49ers like the somehow,
0: situation. some way, right? That's the big one because he wants the that's who he wanted to play for coming in.
1: Well, yeah, that coming yeah, into that's who he wanted to get drafted by.
0: Right, so I don't think he's gonna make his way over there. I believe that's a, that's a very fishy area. There. No,
1: probably not. Uh,
0: but speeding up all the way till now, I'm sure everyone already knows about what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. But he's been in, he's been in the media, like on the Pat McAfee show, kind of being, you know, it's st- kind of stagnant on what's going on. I would say, but he mm-hmm. does. But here's his first step in the actions um, that he's taking. And that is not showing up to mandatory minicamp. And he is now facing a fine up to 93 grand, which is about two pennies in his pocket.
1: Yeah, it's um, nothing to him. It's
0: nothing to him. But how far do you think this goes?
1: I really... I don't see him coming back, to be honest. I Really? Think, I don't. I don't see him coming back. I think the reason I don't see him coming back is because the comment he made is he said... he. he I'm pretty sure he said hey, you want me back? Get rid of the GM. And this goes all the way back. If you listen to our show last year, you listened to our show two years ago. Oh, we've you been know, talking about Aaron he, Rodgers for said a this.
0: while now.
1: Right. And what do we always say? They never got him help. All they did is he asked, you know, hey, I have Devontae Adams. I have Aaron Jones. Still you know, doesn't I have need it. some more me. help, though. I need some more depth. Still nothing. And, and I actually went ahead. Right. And I went ahead and looked up from when Aaron Rodgers was drafted from that point down, all of their first-round picks. So two years of those of those time that time period, they didn't have first-round picks. I guess they traded them away. Yep. But every other pick in their, those whatever it was 10, 12 years, only two players were offense, and they were both offensive linemen. That's it. They they have yet to he, try. He to has help. Him he has out. help
0: in that regard, but. That's not 100% of the work either. I, I, you know, like there's people that say, I believe mo, like about like 90% of the battle is in the trenches, which it is. Right. But right. <laughs> the one thing your Hall of Fame quarterback is asking, your once in a lifetime quarterback that you so happen to get two of over the past, like what, 20 years? um, which yeah, which
1: been cause since cause the 90s, That's why yeah. the
0: Packers <laughs> are just going to drop off. If he's out of there, it's a wrap for the – actually, who knows what Jordan Love's going to be. Because I've heard in minicamp that he's been shh, ripping and flipping. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Have you seen these yeah. updates
1: by Jordan Love?
0: Um, and again, it's just minicamp. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been minicamp.
1: hearing that uh, you know he's been doing all right. So.
0: Yeah, and then apparently he's ready to go week one if needed. Um, we're getting to that right. point already. No, apparently this isn't something that the Packers are looking at as like, oh, he'll be back when he comes back. They already, The media's already asking right. Jordan Love if he's ready to go. I don't know if it was the media. I don't know who asked him, but it had to be the media. Um yeah. But yeah, so you're looking at potentially you might have a third-generational quarterback coming forward who this is just rewriting the script all over again. And just doing right. it and yeah. But with Aaron Rodgers it's so unique cuz it's like the one thing he's asking for is a wide receiver. And in that draft, I think well, yeah. it was it had to be 2 years ago, right? Um with uh you know, CD Lamb, Henry Ruggs, uh right. Uh, Judy, Jerry, Judy, Judy. Yeah, Jer- oh, Judy was how many a, other ones? Justin waters? Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. They're, like that's that's the draft. You should have taken a wide receiver. And what did they do this past year? I believe they waited oh, yeah. until the fifth or sixth round to draft a wide receiver. It's just a yep. joke. I don't know what is going on there. I don't know what they're trying to invest in. I don't know what the goal is here. And if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would be I would be pretty angry. And again, he's having the time of his life right now on an island with this with his uh with his fiance uh but if if you were to ask me if he was to if he comes back um i think he's just testing out the waters right now to see if he gets traded if it gets close enough to the point where all right these are the practices you show up for because we have a game in like 2 weeks um i think he shows up but if he really doesn't that's really making a statement because when was the who was the last quarterback to genuinely sit out like because he was angry at the organization for either not getting paid or something like this where i'm not getting i'm not in a good relationship with with the uh, the front office
1: oh, I have to thank all this like a know. big
0: time quarterback big yeah. name we all know him who genuinely is not going to play the season sit out a year not due to injury not just due to the fact that you don't have a great relationship with your front oh, office
1: he are you talking about are you talking about Cap? What? What'd you say? Are you talking about Kaepernick?
0: No, no, no. Not not even Kaepernick. Yeah. Not even no, not even Kaepernick. Something like Like nothing even well, in that yeah, regard. He- like just in general. Like I got my contract. He's probably looking for an extension. They'll probably lure him to come back even more. But the money he's making right now right. Is, isn't too too bad either. And the fact that he's going to be willing to sit out a year after an MVP type season, this is like a this, this is something we really haven't seen before. Unless I'm missing something, like I haven't seen something like this. Yeah. Like if he genuinely sits out, I've never I'll never see something like this. Like we know Le'Veon Bell like, sat out for a season because he wasn't getting his contract. Right. He kept getting tagged. Yeah, time. but
1: but guess but what? This isn't the what same thing to him. After look what happened after he sat out. He I mean you could blame whatever teams he's been on. He has not been the same since I right. Yeah, back but that's all. That's out.
0: also a running back. With a quarterback, he's got right. to, he's, he's got to go out there and touch the ball every single time. We're not talking about Le'Veon Bell, where he plays, he goes, his team goes to a Super Bowl, and he doesn't get one handoff. Like that's that you could easily right. phase out a running back if you want to. But as a quarterback, I don't think this is something we've seen before. It's gonna be very unique if he does sit out. If I were to put money on it, I'm gonna say no because again, we haven't seen this before, and I think he's gonna to want to get paid. And the fact that he 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 could pretty much play football with his eyes closed at this point. Yeah, he could. Um
1: I, I don't so know I find I, I find I it hard to believe.
0: Like... I find it hard to believe he's I think right now it's just too early where he's like I don't need to show up to these mid camps and they know that.
1: I mean, yeah, mo- most of the, the veteran players don't really show up much anyway, and if they do, they really don't do much. So you are right in that sense. Um but I, I don't know. I'm not I I like you said I see why he's pissed off. You know, all he's been asking for is one thing over the last couple years. And it's not that hard to deliver, and for some reason, they just they just won't. And like you said, the last year where they could have, they had you know very big wide receivers, and we've been seeing over the last year or two, you know they're they're very good receivers in the NFL. It's, it's transferred over for a lot of them. They go instead of actually helping him out, they do the worst thing possible, and they draft his backup instead.
0: I just, Bro, that's such I don't a slap get it. to the face I, I don't, and. The fact that he came saying. back and had an MVP season following a probably very pedestrian se- season, that people thought he was going to fall off this past year. Um Right. It's just a testament to to how petty he is and how talented he is at the same time. Um and he's still offended by it. And all and guess what all you had to do, all you had to do was pick a wide receiver. If they took Kadarius Tony in this draft, he'd be happy with it.
1: Yeah. He would have been. And, and you look at even what we started the show off with. If they had tried to you know, go after Julio Jones, tried to bring him in there, guess what? He's there the next day.
0: Exactly. Um, I don't know what else to say here. I guess we're just going to have to see what happens if he does end up coming back to camp. He's going to get fined up until then. But yeah. do you think a trade is in the works as we speak?
1: I mean, see they're taking calls, but are talks. they? Are the
0: Green Bay Packers genuinely picking up the phone? Like, what offer do you have? We're ready to to make the switch because Jordan Love Not just this pa- these past couple days, he's been th- like, what? He he went like on like a couple drives where he's throwing like thirty yard passes, and and like he's just he's just balling out in camp. So do you think after taking a look at that, they're just like, all right, what do we got? What do we got? I'm ready to do this before the season starts.
1: No, I don't think so yet. I honestly don't think that they're ready to to move on fully yet. I think, um, you know, like you said, I think they they could play hardball, and at that point, if you know they're getting closer to the season, as we start to hit closer to you know the the middle to end of July into August, where we're looking now for the preseason games coming up, and he's still really not doing much, then maybe they kind of have their backs against the wall. Like, what are you getting? What are you going to do at that point? But I think as of right now, they're they're under the assumption of what you said. You know, I don't think he's going to hold out. I think if we just wait long enough, he'll, he'll make his way back.
0: So, Chris, I think this is, this is a good place to wrap up. Um, is there anything else um, you have to say? Is there something we missed that's going on around the league? I know our general points and topics were covered in this episode coming right. back. But is there anything that's going on right now that catches your eye around this league that you think yeah, is, is going gonna, is gonna to make some news soon?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think anything too crazy. Just want to, you know, put out the pointer of uh, a lot of these stadiums are now saying, you know, full capacity coming in the fall. So, uh, looking forward to that.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, Chris, this has been fun as always. Um, and believe me, it's gone through my brain to make episodes without you, but it's just not the same. Um, it's just not. <laughs> it's not. Um, and I've done it by myself before. Be. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, Chris. It's just like, and I, I would listen back to some of those episodes. And I'm like, oh, Chris isn't here, but uh, I'll do, I'll do some stuff. And it's just like. It's not the same. You gotta bounce off. You gotta I gotta bounce off Chris. <laughs> um and yeah, if you're if you're listening this far in the episode, I'm just busting Chris's chops. At the start literally when this when it first started that we weren't going to be recording for the possible foreseeable future until we found time to actually sit down like we are today to speak to each other. Um I started it because I got I got a job too. And Chris was actually like, I'm available at this point in time. And you know, we're we're both big boys, but I, I started We it. are. I started it and then Chris kept it rolling. That's all. That's all, and it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Chris, thank you for coming on, bro. I hope we could uh, continue to do this. Season's coming up sooner than we think. It is. It'll be here before we know it. I'm already hearing in group chats saying, "Yo, are you, you guys want to go to Jets and uh, Giants preseason games?" I'm like, preseason games? We're here. Yeah. We're, we're here I've already. Been
1: so excited for them.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe I'll go to bro. By the way, one thing I'll ask you to—I know you've been to preseason games, right? just in general
1: yeah yeah i've been to some yeah
0: do they uh, i feel like in my head i wouldn't have as much of an exciting time because like what i get to watch my team go down one drive maybe half a drive before they are staying in sub subbed out like how long like i feel like i'll bounce in like by halftime
1: yeah honestly they're uh they're good because they're cheap they're nice to you know kind of drink a lot That's, that's the answer not really remember why you're there that that's really why they're fun uh, the only time that I said I had, you know, there were two memorable preseason games I had. The first is when I got on the field at the uh, Jets-Falcons preseason game and met some of the players and the head coach. Um, the second one was a couple of years ago when I was at the Jets-Giants preseason, and that was Daniel Jones' first time in action.
0: Well, Chris, we know that coach you met and you got signatures from is not there anymore. Were there any other... Right. <laughs> How many of the players do you say you'd met... That are not on that roster anymore from that free season
1: uh, game. M- most, most. <laughs> I, uh, so I met the coach. Gone. It's a defensive was, coordinator for I the Cowboys. Ma- yeah, I had Mohamed Sanu right in front of me. Gone. gone. Uh, now we know Julio's gone. I, uh, you know, was talking a little bit with Devonte Freeman. Gone. Gone. Um, Tevin Coleman was there. Gone. Gone. <laughs> Uh, the only two that I can remember, obviously not counting Matt Ryan, but the two main guys that stand out that I was almost gone. uh, Yeah. (laughs) What, uh, what, one of the, one of them was, uh, one was, was Calvin Ridley. It was his rookie year. That was the year that I got on the field. So he hadn't really, you know, proven much of anything. Uh, and then the second one, I was actually looking at the pictures uh, about a week ago, actually. And uh, I didn't realize it, but Russell Gage was out there lining up right in front of me. I didn't even know who he was at the time because he was a sixth-round pick. Didn't really expect much, and, and he's made a nice name for himself. So. Made a
0: nice name for himself this past year. In terms of being a wide receiver on that team, he has become very valuable. In terms of fantasy, right. started off hot, fell off really quick, though. That seems to be what <laughs> Falcons wide receivers do. Same with most You pick him up, you feel good about him, and then
1: drops off. Yeah. Um, it's but yeah. Falcon. They they always start off strong and where is Mosenu right now? I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's signed. I know he was on the Lions for a little bit. I, I don't think he's signed right now. Though,
0: would you take him back? Well, of course I'd take him back. Well, all right, maybe maybe we'll see something like that. Maybe maybe he's interested. Listen, he's never he's you know, never he's never not completed a pass before in his
1: career. Well, but. Think about it. <laughs> you need someone. We like don't. That. We we don't need a backup quarterback because if we bring him on, we have Sanu, we have Gage who can throw, and we have Cordero Patterson who can throw. We got three other quarterbacks.
0: Right, and then the punter ends up on that on that depth chart somehow too. So just add him in there. Right. So Do we guys, are. Bosch still there.
1: Uh, no, we got rid of him uh, last year. I don't, I don't even know who they have right now. They've been kind of cycling through. Punters, it seems like
0: they're lowering um, their their capacity on people named Matt on this roster.
1: Yeah, Matt in single digits. Oh yeah, 100%. they were all uh, you know, they were all single digit numbers and, and the name Matt. But we do have the stud from Ridgewood, Youngway Young, Wei-Ku, Young Wei-Ku. the onside kick master.
0: Yeah, he's he's been so. so good. He got paid, didn't he? So you know what.
1: Yeah, so you know what? That's how you know when there are talks that Julio might be traded because we don't have money on the roster, and you give your kicker an extension. That's how you know it's serious. <laughs> oh, it's that's very how serious. You know.
0: Listen, we might not have everything correct yet, but what we know is Youngway Koo. That's our guy, Matt Ryan. Like, he, he, like imagine he, that your kicker's more of a short thing than your quarterback and your and your number one wide right receiver. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your great. Like your quarterback and after this year is not a sure thing. But after this year, Young Waiku Koo still a short, sure thing unless he misses every single kick, which he doesn't, and he's made. And if he recovers one more onside kick, he'll probably never get cut ever again.
1: No, he won't. <laughs> I mean, he's he's just incredible. The, the guy is just. I've I've never been so excited for for kickoffs in my life. He just goes out there and makes it look easy. They got like two or three of them in one game. Imagine going up for an onside
0: kick and you're just like. Oh, we didn't lose yet. (laughs) Like, like now, if you see an onside kick, you're like, "Well, we lost. I guess we'll just give this a try. Maybe miracles happen sometimes." He's done that miracle sometimes, in quotes, like ten times.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's very, you know, very good at that. Um, I, I, I'll say that's our strong suit as of right now. We don't know about the offense or defense, but we know we can recover onside kicks. Um, That's the only thing I know. And, uh, you know, also looking at him, he came in with some, some fashion. He came in and said, number seven, he said, Michael Vick, who? I'm going to make everybody know what number seven is. And he's like, Young Way Ku, baby. <laughs> Let's go.
0: Uh, Chris, I hope you enjoyed this episode because uh, very rarely we'll dedicate episodes to just talking about the Falcons. But um, yeah, that, that big time Falcons episode Unfortunately,
1: for Unfortunately, it was like, uh, it's like when you're like, oh, I'm sorry, we, you know, reconnected at this, uh, you know, these hard times. It's kind of how it felt. You know, yes. talking about the Falcons in a hard time, but we ended it smiling, happy about yes. Young Way Koo. That's all that matters. <laughs>
0: that, that, that's 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 pretty much to sum up, to sum up this whole show. We just love you, <laughs> love Young Way um But <laughs> but yeah, bro. If we were gonna come back and talk about anything, I'm like, I leave, I, I told you, I'm just like, if we're gonna talk about anything, we could have talked about just injuries. We could have talked. We talked about right. like third string tight ends being signed this late in this at this point in training camp. But I'm like. You have to talk about Julio Jones. There's no way I could. Oh, of course. There's no way I can just let this pass by, and uh, we did it. So here we are.
1: We did it. You know what we need to do? We need to get either Frank Darby or Youngway Koo, who are New Jersey natives. We got to get them on the podcast. We got to find a way. Um,
0: let's let's try let's try to aim before the start of the season. Listen, if you if you could hit them up. Listen, if they look on your profile, and. and see all the Falcon stuff on there, <laughs> and the fact that your name used to be like TG three forever or something. What was it? <laughs> Todd Gurley. It was
1: uh yeah Todd Gurley to ATL. That's what it was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not no more. He's gonna yo. I, if I were to put money, I think he's going to the Ravens. Like he just visited him today. I, I saw yeah, that report. Yeah, I heard that. He's signing there. He, but unless he's, he's stubborn, unless he's there, stubborn yeah. about the money, which I think he's gonna be.
1: Yeah, I could see him going there yeah i think he will be because he pretty much played for charity this last year on the falcons pretty
0: much pretty much he
1: got paid nothing so he's gonna need a nice little even if it's a one-year contract something nice to kind of set him up for uh for the wheelchair on the way out all right chris let's wrap it
0: up here thank you for coming on appreciate it let's let's do this again it's fun um and always yes we'll do it soon uh but yeah thank you guys for listening eric and chris franchise tag we'll see you next time